Hello there. This is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The video game and TTRPG recap podcast about every episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it kind of sums it up. I mean, you know, maybe maybe it says something about our creativity, but um, <laughs> that tends to be our brand. Um, yeah, and speaking of hello there, uh, this is the, the first episode that we begin after the uh, announcement of the date of the Kenobi TV series. They've given us a poster and uh, the date for that, so... I'm hyped. I mean, by the time this comes out, we'll be a lot closer. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're on the other side of it right now. We just finished the book of Boba Fett. I mean, I, I watched it. I don't think Kyle's gotten around to it yet. Yeah, not quite yet. I, um, it but, has yes. moved up my my list of things I should do soon. But I'm pretty actually good. Done it yet. Um, some some scenes better than others for sure. For sure. Um, I think I think my main complaints had to do more with missed opportunities than what actually is in the series. Like. Oh, I wish they'd done this other thing instead, but um, I feel like a lot of Star Wars fandom these days has to do with that. Maybe that's because some of us have been playing Star Wars in our brains and, you know, coming up with Star Wars stories since we were, you know, zero years old, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Speaking of things that have been around their whole lives, (laughs) let's talk about Doctor Who. Indeed. Let's get down to it. So this is the 24th episode, The Wheel of Fortune! Yay! Would you like to remind us of the cliff dangler? Heck yes, I would. Um, <laughs> honestly, it's a little similar to some of the cliff danglers that we've had before. Um, <laughs> Barbara once again finds herself in trouble. <laughs> Uh, this time she has escaped from Alakir, um, but has been nabbed by someone in a big hat and with a big beard. And Kyle has let us know this is not, apparently, Sir Ian of Jaffa in a ridiculous disguise, but more likely it is just someone um, in a stereotypical costume uh such as you would see perhaps in a 1960s tv show about the crusades <laughs> indeed uh, so that's our that's the cliff we're dangling from right now we pick right up from that dangling cliff and the this guy who has grabbed barbara you know he's kind of like pulled her back around the corner he does you know sort of like the be quiet hand gesture at her like the polite one, not the rude one. Okay. And she nods her head, you know, like agreeing to be quiet, basically. And he takes his hand off of her mouth and he kind of like moves her behind a pillar out of sight and then proceeds to take out Elakir's guards that are looking for her. Take them out how? Um, so he's clearly playing one of the games from the Hitman series. Oh, I see. Yeah. He, <laughs> Silently. He first comes up and, like, chokes one guard out from behind. Then he 
strips off their clothes and puts them on, <laughs> goes to find the other one. Uh, the other guard actually like shows up, uh, and he has to do kind of like the quickly like knock him over the back of his head, basically. Gotcha. He, yeah, the other guard kind of like you know circles back around on his patrolling path, and gets knocked over the back of the head. I think I think he may no longer be getting the perfect score for this this run. Then. Yeah, I think he he probably could have done a little bit better. <laughs> like he's he still got it done, but it was not as as stealthy as it could have been. Yeah. So once the guards have been taken care of, this person reveals his name to Barbara, which is Harun Ed Dean. And he says that the two of them actually have a common enemy in Alakir. And cool, yeah. All right, hold on, hold on. no, 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 we don't, don't move on too quickly. So, Harun <laughs> El Din, am I getting that right? Harun Ed Din. Harun Ed Din. Okay, so we've got Barun. Barun Harbra. That's not bad. Yeah, Harbra. Yeah, it might be Harbra. Barbadine. Dinbra. I feel like these are starting to feel like uh, Mandalorian ships now. <laughs> um, I think Harbra. Yeah, I think, Harbra. I think I'm going to go with Harbra as well. Cool. That's very important. <laughs> we have to establish this every time. Uh-huh. So he starts leading her away to what he says is a, a place of safety. We cut back to the palace where the doctor has gotten a costume upgrade. <laughs> From his stolen duds. <laughs> uh-huh. Dahir, who is the merchant from earlier, has given him a super fancy new cloak. Oh. And, you know, we all know how much the doctor loves cloaks. He does look good in a cloak. This cloak looks like it's probably velvet. It's nice. very large. <laughs> As it should be. Uh-huh. And it has this fancy curly Q pattern on it with what looks like some like stylized lanterns or something. Oh cool. The birds will envy you the multicolored fish from the deeps are put to shame. Oh wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean the doctor's already got pretty much uh quite quite a quite an ego there. You don't need to stoke it that much there, <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny that the merchant mentions multicolored fish because, of course, the base color of the cloak is light gray <laughs> and the curly cue pattern is in like a darker gray and the stylized lanterns have what looks like it's probably the same shade of dark gray, but then they also have an even lighter light gray. So it is indeed very colorful. Well, to them, the multicolored fish are also various <laughs> shades of gray. <laughs> the doctor tells the merchant that he wants to get his boy outfitted as well, referring, of course, to Vicky, who he kind of like pressured into doing some gender play for this serial. Mm. The merchant is going to go home to think about, like, think about Victor's outfit overnight. And when the sun rises, I shall be here to transform the boy into a veritable strutting peacock. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> if, he, if people hang out with the doctor long enough, then they can just pick up on his style, I guess. <laughs> uh huh. This gender play is apparently not going to last for very long, though. Vicky is not really into it. And she starts asking the doctor 
why she has to go on pretending to be a boy. And the princess Joanna enters the room and overhears this. So, Well, you could be a princess. <laughs> and Vicky's like, hell yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Joanna immediately comes over and demands to know why they deceived her. And the doctor basically says that he was like trying to protect Vicky in a hostile country. But Joanna doesn't really want to accept this. But we are not hostile. The open country, yes. Within reach of the merciless Saracen, yes. But here in Jaffa... Uh, uh, I uh, I think you're kind of <laughs> revealing your your uh, your prejudice there. Joanna, <laughs> yeah, just, a little just bit, slightly, just a bit. Uh huh. Vicky tries to defend the doctor. She tells Joanna that the doctor was just doing what he thought was best, and Joanna does soften, and she says that this deception will not go on, but. Vicky will be in Joanna's company and protection as long as they're here. Okay, cool. And she sends the Chamberlain to go fetch silks and satins, the finest satins and silks and fine robes and rich silks and satins from Basra and fine robes and <laughs> silk and satins for Vicky. Excellent. Uh, I dig it. Joanna pulls the doctor aside for a moment she tells him that she won't order him to do anything, but she has a problem, and the doctor asks how he can help. That's probably a better way to get the doctor to, to do something for you than to try to order him. Yeah. If he tried, then he would have said, no, never. <laughs> <laughs> so he asks how he can help, and she explains that her brother, King Richard, is usually really close to her, but... He's been distant recently, and she thinks that he's making some plan that involves her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and France as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. The doctor promises to let her know if he learns anything, and he asks her why she came to him about it, as opposed to anybody else. She says, There's something new in you, yet something older than the sky itself. I sense that I can trust you. <laughs> Wow. That line's got a bit of a, a modern Who vibe to it. I feel like, you know, he, the doctor gets described with terms like that in, in modern Who fairly often. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I thought from, so from too. From what I've seen, it's, it's been a bit. <laughs> I've seen any modern episodes, but, but yeah, they tend, to, they tend to do stuff like that. that. That's cool. No, I dig it. I yeah, like I thought it was a really good line. I liked it a lot. It was a little bit surprising, but in a good way to hear this sort of line like this early in Doctor Who. Yeah. When Joanna leaves and Vicky and the doctor are alone together again, the doctor mentions how this is probably good. Vicky will be safer with the princess than she would be with the doctor. And Vicky starts getting worried. She has apparently heard about how he left Susan because she starts talking about how the TARDIS is her only home and she'd hate to lose it. Yeah. I mean, when we stop and think about it, Vicky's in kind of a tough spot. Yeah, she she kind of you know came along with them when she didn't have any other options because um, you know her all, all the people that she was with died, and then it, it was either come with the, the the TARDIS crew or or stay behind and possibly be rescued. But I think that we kind of conveniently forgot about the incoming rescue. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, yeah, I guess that when you stop and think about it, she she really doesn't really have anyone else. Yeah, and I think in this moment, she's kind of worried that like this is going to be permanent. The doctor is yeah. just like, yeah, you can just like chill with Joanna now, and like, yeah. So I can I can understand why she's worried. But the doctor explains that like, no, that's not what he meant. Okay. He just meant that he's probably going to get caught up in some court intrigue, and that's probably going to be super dangerous. She's like, oh, dang, I'm sorry to hear that. He's like, no, no, my dear girl, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we cut back to Harun's house where he's taken Barbara, and he introduces Barbara to his daughter, Safia, and Safia goes to prepare some food. Harun tells Barbara his backstory, which is that he's sworn to kill Alakir. Cool. Handy. <laughs> uh-huh. Definitely the kind of person that you'd want to meet if you're in Just a situation. Randomly bump into them when <laughs> running down the street. Uh-huh. <laughs> he apparently used to have a wife, two daughters, and a son. Oh, dang. But when Alakir came to town and wanted to hook up with Harun's older daughter, Harun refused him. So when Harun and his younger daughter, his younger daughter, Sophia, were gone, Alakir abducted the older daughter, killed the wife and son, and burned the house. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, we already knew this guy was a bad dude, but yeah. Yeah. So... You know, Harun has lost almost everything. He still has Sophia, but he's lost almost everything. And he pretty much just lives for revenge now. Well, uh, I suppose I can understand that. On the other hand, it's like you do have a daughter still, and she's dependent on you. Yeah. Don't, like, you know, put her in, in danger. He decides to go check to see if the guards are still out and about or... If it seems safe for Barbara to escape yet. I think by now they've gone back to their pre-programmed routes. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Before he leaves to to go check on this, he gives Barbara his knife. And he basically instructs her to, like, if it comes down to it, she should kill Sophia and herself rather than getting taken captive by Alakir's men or allowing Sophia to get taken captive. Oh, damn. I mean, I think the implications of that are are pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of started to wonder whether... Who was it that wrote this episode, the serial? I wondered whether he had missed the the memo of it being a kid show. I'm starting to wonder if there even is a memo at this point. <laughs> oh, this was David Whitaker. He should know. He was script editor for like... <laughs> He's the, the one whole... who's supposed to send the memo. <laughs> uh-huh. Jeez. I guess maybe that's the maybe that's the root of the problem. Maybe he never sent the memo. <laughs> Maybe. Of course, Harun, you know, going out into the street to check, runs into a guard, like, just about right off, and this guard beats him up. Another guard shows up and recognizes the district that Harun comes from as being... A den of thieves and beggars. Huh. So he sends the first guard off to round up a group of men to search this thieves and beggars district for Barbara, 
figuring that she could probably make plenty of allies there. <laughs> uh, those are my kind of people. Mm-hmm. Hey, how's the episode so far? You can share your thoughts by emailing us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or tweeting us at drwatcher. If you're enjoying our little podcast, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes. And now, let's get back to the episode. Back in the throne room, King Richard explains his plan to the doctor and one of the knights, the Lord of Leicester. The plan is, apparently, as we know, to achieve peace by having Joanna marry Sophodine. Mm-hmm. The doctor thinks it's a good plan. If the princess agrees. Oh, I, I like that. Uh, that doesn't seem like the sort of thing the doctor would have said, you know, in, in an earlier episode. So I kind of wonder if he started yeah. to become a little bit less of, a, of an asshole. Yeah, like once in a while. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> That's gross. Uh-huh. Of course, Richard reveals that Joanna doesn't know about this plan. Uh-huh. Yeah, we, which we, we know that she doesn't know because right. uh, she, was, she was just saying that. The doctor wonders if she will agree, but Richard's not worried. You should rather ask, how can she refuse? To stem the blood, bind up the wounds, and give a host of men lives and futures? Oh, no, there's a marriage contract to put sacrifice to shame and make a saint of any woman. Richard's like, yeah, if only we could have avoided all this bloodshed. <laughs> uh-huh. It seems so unnecessary. <laughs> Joanna's the only one who can possibly stop it by going into a marriage that she doesn't want to do. It, it seemed inevitable <laughs> uh, that, that all, all this should happen. What a shame. <laughs> Lester doesn't like this idea, though. He's one of these knights who's still like really enjoying the war. So he wants to go in fighting and claim Jerusalem for England or whatever. Yeah, bro, you you go by yourself. Have fun. <laughs> uh-huh. Let us know how that works out for you. He and the doctor actually get into a shouting match over it. Because, like, the doctor, of course, thinks that they should seek peace. You know, let's try to, like, end this conflict and save some lives. Cool. But, you know, Lester's like, if we're not here to fight, then why the hell are we here? Good question. I think I I agree with the latter half of that more (laughs) more than the first half. Why the hell are you there? Uh (laughs) Richard puts an end to this argument when Lester starts drawing his sword. Oh. Enough of this! You dare to flourish arms before your king. Know this, my lord of Leicester. We will not be advised we have decided on a pact with Saladin. If that fails, then a trial of arms. But we have set our mind and heart upon this marriage, and it shall go forward. I admire his, uh, his attempt at peace. I still think he should at some point talk to Joanna about it. <laughs> Maybe it would have been better to do that before announcing it to all his dudes. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, there's a... I'm giving this plan a 7 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) 
we get a nice cut from one throne room to another throne room where Saladin has read the letter that Richard sent with Ian proposing this plan. Saladin believes Richard is sincere in his offer, and he agrees to the plan, telling Safadin to go write the letter accepting the proposal. <laughs> well, at least he's nice enough to let the person being involved in the, the marriage uh, write the, the acceptance letter. Yeah, he's accepting of the plan, but he's still a little bit tentative because, like, the whole English army is still, just, like, parked out on the doorstep. Yeah. Have England, France, and all the rest come here to cheer a man and woman and a love match? No, this is a last appeal for peace from a weary man. So you write your letter and I'll alert the armies. And then on either day, the day of blissful union or the day of awful battle, we will be prepared. Mm, I mean, I prefer it not come to awful battle, but uh, on the other hand, I think he's kind of got a point. Yeah, I think... You know, what's that saying about hope for the best, prepare for the worst? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think that's kind of what he's doing here, and it, I think it seems wise. Mm-hmm. In Harun's house, Barbara and Sophia can hear the soldiers outside searching. It's clear that they're getting closer and closer to Harun's house, so Sophia and Barbara go to hide in, like, the hidden back room of the house, taking Harun's knife with them. A couple of soldiers actually enter the house and start searching, and it seems like they're not going to find anything, and it seems like they're about to move on until one of them notices the freshly cooked, still warm bread in the kitchen. This is why you should always eat bread while it's freshly cooked and or freshly baked and still warm. Uh-huh. Yeah, you don't want to leave any evidence that you might still be in the house. Yes. Of course, this house has no back windows or doors or, like, any other ways out of the house. So the soldiers realize that if someone was here, they must still be here. So they start searching more intensely. Hmm. Barbara you know, kind of reads the situation and obviously does not want to kill a, a young woman, you know, kill a teenager and then kill herself as well. Yeah, yeah, glad to hear it. <laughs> so... I, uh, I support not doing that, yes. Uh-huh. She, like, covers Sophia up with a blanket and gives Sophia the knife and then exits the hiding room. Huh. She could just use that knife on the soldiers. <laughs> I mean, she'd probably be woefully ill-equipped, um, but yeah. Yeah. Luckily, the soldiers were looking like in different directions. They weren't, they weren't looking towards the wall that this hidden room is in as Barbara left. Like, they didn't see her leave the hiding room. And she's able to kind of sneak around the house a little bit before she gets caught by one of the guards, of course. Hmm. But it does seem that Sophia is going to be safe, because, like, Barbara is who the guards are specifically searching for. They found her, and there's no need to, like, continue searching this house. 
Mm -hmm. We cut to the middle of the desert where Ian is sleeping in the sand. Just having a little nappy poo. Yep. He's just having his little nap. It's like middle of day. It's bright sunlight. So I'm, I'm guessing it was a short rest rather than a long rest. <laughs> well, he hasn't lost that many hit points, so he doesn't need a long rest. Yeah. But like during this rest, a bandit shows up to rob him. <laughs> uh, I see there was a random encounter. <laughs> the bandit like first very carefully and quietly takes Ian's sword. And then the bandit starts reaching for Ian's purse. But this is when Ian wakes up. They start to grapple. The DM's, you know, flipping through the rule book looking for the grapple rules because no one ever remembers them. Uh-huh. And it seems like Ian is actually about to overpower the bandit until somebody from off screen whacks Ian on the back of the head and he falls unconscious. Oh, yikes. A second bandit. And with this, we cut back to Richard's throne room where Vicky has now changed costume. The gender play is over. She's now in, like, full medieval dress. She's got, like, big draping sleeves and, like, this elaborate neckline. And she's got one of those, like, round, like, flat-top medieval lady hats that are fastened <laughs> with, like, silk, silk under the chin. Oh, excellent. Uh-huh. Joanna has never heard the name Vicky before and wonders if it's Venetian. Sure. I mean, ends in an E. We had Luigi <laughs> earlier. Uh-huh. She asks the doctor if he has any news for her, which, of course, he does. He's learned the plan now. But he says that he doesn't. Hmm. He tells her that the king wants to talk to her himself, and he doesn't want to steal the king's thunder. Well, I hope the the king comes clean. <laughs> she seems pretty annoyed with this response of the doctors, and she storms off and like nearly bumps into like literally like almost bumps into the Lord of Leicester from earlier. While we cut back to the doctor who's lamenting to Vicky about all the court intrigue he's already gotten caught up in. <laughs> Uh, such a shame. Uh-huh. Richard enters the room, and Joanna storms over to him. She is, like, fucking pissed off. It seems that Lester apparently told her what the doctor wouldn't. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did find out. Yeah. This unconsulted partner has no wish to marry. I am no sack of flour to be given in exchange. Yep. Richard explains that like this is all for peace and she should just like think about it a little bit more but she's not buying it and how would you have me go to Safferton? bathed in oriental perfume i suppose suppliant tender and affectionate soft-eyed and trembling eager with a thousand words of compliment and love well i like a different way to meet the man i am to wed well if it's a meeting you want i do not want i will not have it hell yes yeah, I thought that was pretty great. I mean, the Oriental Perfumes line was a little, eh. Yeah. But not wanting to be, like, suppliant and uh, 
you know, soft-eyed. All right, cool, cool. Yeah. So she continues to refuse, and the king ends up commanding her from his kingly authority to go through with it. But she's just like, bullshit, you can't command this of me. I answer to a higher fucking authority than you. And he's like, what authority is higher than me? And she says, the fucking Pope, that's what? His Holiness the Pope will not allow this marriage of mine to that infidel! Well, on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, that's that's kind of not great. Um, on the other hand, I'm like, well, she is, you know, doing what she can to get out of this situation. And I kind of have to respect that. Yeah. Yeah, she's doing the best she can do. She basically ends up saying the same thing that Lester said which is, if they're not here to fight, then why the fuck are they here? The reason you and all your armies are here is the reason on my side. You are here to fight these dogs, defeat them, marry me to them, and you make a pact with the devil. Force me to it, and I'll turn the world we know into your enemy. Yeah, all right, all right. I get that you're mad, but can we kind of cool it with the racism a little bit? <laughs> yeah, she really kind of pivots into the whole like religious oppression and and Christian supremacy argument, which was not not cool, but yeah, like she's kind of saying that like we actually do need to be here and like commit genocide against these people. Also, I get it that like she's not stoked about marrying Safadin, but this wasn't his idea. <laughs> yeah, like it's don't blame him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he is into it, like. He does like Joanna, but but yeah, it totally wasn't his idea. Yeah. She storms out, and Richard turns to the doctor, asking who told her the plan. You know, with the, of course, the implication being that the doctor told her. Yeah, and for once it wasn't. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and of course, Richard is, like, super pissed about this. The doctor starts to well actually him but before the doctor can say that it was lester richard basically kicks him out of the throne room we cut from this to elakir's chambers where barbara is dragged in and thrown to the ground and as elakir tells her that the only thing she has left to look forward to is death. Oh, and, shit. <laughs> and that's far away. Oh, shit. The words, next episode, the warlords appear on screen. Okay, well, um, <laughs> I uh, I wonder if it's less that David Whittaker didn't get the memo about this being a kids' show, and more that he did get the memo and went like, "Well, I don't care." <laughs> Fuck them kids. Yep. Yeah, Damn. this one really took a dark turn there at the end. Oh boy, that is uh, no understatement. Um, dang. All right. Uh, I mean, you know, we know it's going to be okay in the end, and we know that uh, our heroes are going to get her out of there somehow, but... Whew. All right. Yeah. Can't wait, can't wait for that threat to be passed. I did want to mention that 
you may have noticed that Sir Ian, Knight of Jaffa, did not appear very much in this episode. Uh, did he, he have the day off? <laughs> yep, you know, like, when you get promoted to Knight, you get bumped up from, you know, like, only two weeks of PTO to, like, four weeks. Oh, nice. And he just went right ahead and took some of that right off the bat. <laughs> I'm guessing that was his actor who uh, who took some time off. Yeah, yeah. William Russell was on vacation, so he missed <laughs> missed this gaming session. It's, I, I wonder if it's because they had such long seasons um, that they actually let the actors take vacations in the middle of them. That's kind of what I'm thinking, because yeah, like the first season was 42 episodes. <laughs> this one is I won't say the actual number because that's a spoiler, but it's it's in that same ballpark. Yeah. So yeah, like they're they're working like pretty much year round, so that's wild. Cool. Well, I mean, I think we've already talked about the uh main things going on here and most of them are, are not great. So, should we um just go ahead and wrap this one up till next time? Indeed, yeah. Our All listeners right. can come back in 2 weeks and Find out about the warlords. Well, I think uh, I think they're not peace lords. For <laughs> all right, see you then, listeners. Bye. Hi, it's Benny. Kyle and I would like to thank Circuit Twenty Three for our theme song. You can find its sweet, sweet tunes, including our theme, at SoundCloud.com/Circuit23. And you can reach him at circuit.23 at gmail.com. Thank you to Kyle for talking to me about Doctor Who. And thank you, listener, for listening to me, listening to Kyle talk about Doctor Who. You can always chat with us by emailing thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or tweeting at doctorwatcher. It always makes our day to see a new review on iTunes. And with that, please join us next time on The Doctor's Watcher. The knight, Syrian of Jaffa, who brought a plea for the release of Sir William. Sir William, I cannot return, not yet. But write that he is well cared for. As for the other, Syrian, he begged to be allowed to search for the Lady Barbara. The brave deserve their favors. <laughs>